1972, a crack commando unit was sent to a liturgical prison by a canonical court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security diocesan stockade to the ecclesial underground. Today, still wanted by the Vatican, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, then you should listen to Libra Cristo War College. Wednesday War College, Jess Romero. I'm up here with... Wednesday War College. My name is Jesse Romero. I've got uh, my brother in Christ here, Kyle Clement. And uh, I still... Uh, my Skype is not on, but I think you guys can still hear me anyhow. Kyle, welcome to the show, my friend. we got a lot to talk about today. Hey, it's great to be here with you, Jess. Thanks so much for having me. Kyle, today, what we I'd like to talk about is the whole issue of the Harry Potter books. Now, <clears throat> I haven't read them myself personally, but I haven't done heroin either, nor cocaine, nor have I robbed a bank. And it doesn't mean I can't weigh in on those issues. I would say that those issues are intrinsically wrong, immoral, sinful, evil. So there's a lot of things that I haven't done that I know that are wrong because of, yeah, I would say by natural law, uh, divine revelation, my Catholic faith, the census fidelium. But the issue of the Harry Potter books, for a lot of Catholics, it's, it seems to be a polemical issue. Uh, let, let me just quote a few before, before I turn it over to you. I just want to quote a few people that would say, that reading that there is bad fruit when you read this books, and so you'd have people that would warn Catholics against those books. Here's here's a few. Obviously, Father Chad Ripperger from Liber Christu, who by the way himself is he is he is the end note. When you write books, when you quote him, he is the footnote. He is the end note. But he's not the only one that weighs in on this. You also have Father Donald Calloway, who's a very popular priest who's written a lot of books on uh, male spirituality he the, there's a, a presentation uh, it's a eight minutes eight minutes 40 seconds long where he basically talks about the dangers of the Harry Potter books Father Donald Calloway it's on the internet you also have Father Vince Lampert he speaks out against the Harry Potter books as well he's on YouTube you can watch that he's an exorcist as well you also have Father Dan Rehill who's an exorcist in, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. There's a YouTube video. He also talks about the dangers of the Harry Potter books. And then you also have some giants in this field as well, like Father Gabriel Amorth. Rest in peace. Here's what he said when he was interviewed. He's, Father Gabriel Amorth said the following, quote, You start off with Harry Potter, who comes across as a likable wizard, but you end up with the devil. There is no doubt that the signature of the Prince of Darkness is clearly within these books. He says, by reading Harry Potter, a young child will be drawn into magic. And from there, it is a simple step to Satanism and the devil, Father Amorth said. Another comment in 2002, an interview he did with an Italian news agency, Father Amorth said, behind Harry Potter hides the signature of the king of darkness, the devil. 
uh, Father Amorth also, again, he spent decades combating the diabolical. Uh, he also said, he's, he, uh, he said about J.K. Rowling's books, he says that they contain innumer- innumerable positive references to magic. He calls it the satanic art. Magic is the satanic art, according to Father Amorth. He also noted that the book attempts to make a false distinction between black and white magic, when in fact the distinction does not exist because magic is always a turn to the devil, according to Father Amorth. And finally, he says this. uh, At the time, however, North American coverage of of, uh, Father Amorth's warnings about Potter significantly downplayed the warnings. The New York Times Post the New York Times coverage by Melinda Henneberg, which was carried in the Canada, Canada's National Post, uh, quoting Father Amorth as saying, quote, if children can see the movie with their parents, it's not all bad. Uh, he said, uh, but Michael O'Brien, prominent Harry Potter critic, has told LifeSite News that the movie version has significantly cleaned up Harry's image, making it far less troublesome than the books. But here's one final condemnation, then I'll turn it over to you, Kyle. Another condemnation of Harry Potter coming from Rome was not widely reported. Uh, It was in 2003 when Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger allowed his comments against the novels to be aired publicly. Uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, in a letter concerning the, the Potter online uh he uh the international media exploded with news that the new pope opposed harry potter in fact the the coverage says pope opposes harry potter novels signed letters from cardinal ratzinger so writing to germany's best known potter critic gabriel kuby the man who was to become pope benedict the 16th he wrote the following quote it is good that you enlighten people about harry potter because those are subtle seductions which act unnoticed and by this deeply distort Christianity in the soul before it can properly grow. Close quote. So Father of Cardinal Ratzinger warned Cabral Kuby about the Harry Potter books that it can distort Christianity in the soul and it can make a, a young person grow in, in, grow improperly. Uh, Kyle, I mean, I just quoted a couple of uh, theological, theological, well-respected men, including one of them at the top of the food chain, uh, Father Ripperger. Can you tell me how many degrees Father Ripperger has? I, I know he has a couple. Uh, how many degrees, advanced degrees does he have? I'm just wondering. I've never asked you. So, so Father has six advanced degrees um, and two doctorates among those six advanced degrees. Um, and... I, I think that when you talk about primary sources, um, <clears throat> there there are some criteria there. I think you're onto something. Not just the content of what these men are saying um, is what is a primary source? What is an approved author? What is uh, what voices in the church are we uh, compelled to listen to, and which ones have weight? Because the modernist relativist wants to tell you that all opinions are equal and and they are not. And so there's a difference between opinions. There's a difference between experience. There's a difference between primary, secondary, and tertiary sources. Um, Where do you want to go with that, Jess? Because really and truly you've opened up a really good area. Like if I wrote a paper and I quoted Albert Einstein, 
on, on, on a scientific aspect that he's uh, made a major breakthrough, guess what? The discussion stops because I just quoted the top of the food chain. If I'm going to quote, for example, I'm writing a paper on law and I'm writing and I, and I quote Clarence Thomas on an opinion that the Supreme Court voted unanimously on and Clarence Thomas wrote the opinion. Guess what? The buck stops with Clarence Thomas. He's a, he, I'm citing him. He is the he is the footnote to what I'm writing. If I want to talk about martial arts and I and I quote Bruce Lee or Chuck Norris, guess what? The discussion ends there. I went to the top of the food chain. So what I see, uh, Kyle, is when we quote somebody like Father Chad Ripperger on topics of spiritual warfare. We're not talking about math or or astronomy or, or you know, or microbiology. We're talking about uh, theology, philosophy and spiritual warfare. Or I quote a person like Father uh, Gabriel Amorth, basically for a fellow Catholic, the buck stops with them. These are the footnotes that we would quote when we're giving a lecture or writing an article. That's my, that's what I believe. Correct me where I'm wrong. No, you're absolutely right. And this is one of the, uh, this is actually one of the tenets of, of proper academia. Uh, we've departed it modernly. Uh, I am no academic. Um, I'll be the first to tell you I'm not. I'm, I'm a graduate of School of Hard Knocks, but I'm no academic. However, what is common to both of those schools is um, there, there is a knowledge, there can be a knowledge of the theory, but in order for someone to be expert, there has to be a practical knowledge. There has to be a practicum. So Father would be the first to tell you, and I've heard him say this, that you know he has six advanced degrees, and he's never... Um, outsmarted the devil, uh, out um, thought the devil, or any of those things. Uh, it's not by his degrees is he successful as an exorcist. That's a that's a different skill set. And so to to know though to watch what he does and how he does it, and then for him to be able to tell you theologically this is what happened and to see the connections, then you see a practical demonstration. Einstein um, can talk about gravity all day long, but until you drop a rock and see it hit the ground, um, it, it's not real. I think that's one of the big disconnects uh, modernly. There are two that I want to point out. One is that um, previous traditional academics worked from a standpoint and scholars worked from a standpoint of preservation. They proved theories that were already there and didn't pursue the exception. Modernly, what's happened is we, we get caught up in the exception. We, we forgot the old adage that the exception accentuates the rule. And so you, an example of this is, is when someone asks five priests if he can leave his wife, and finally the sixth priest says yes, the, other, the previous five saying no, He's going to quote the sixth and say, see, I was told by a priest to leave my wife. That's the exception, um, not the rule. Um, and so we used to be we used to understand that. But modernly, especially with the degradation of theology, um, everyone pursues the novel. No one pursues the known to a deeper uh, sense and, and for a purpose of re- achieving sanctity. Hold they, that thought, they, Kyle. Uh, We're coming to a hard break. Hold that thought, my friend. We'll be right back Wednesday, War College. Jess Romero, Kyle Clement, we'll be right back. Stick around.
Kyle Clement. Kyle, there are some things that uh, as Catholics we would call uh, pious reading. And there are some things as Catholics that we would call impious reading. Uh, let me make a point that I want to hear. I want to hear what you have to say. The, if, if, if you're going to read something, for example, like myself, I'm on radio, so I read all kinds of things. Uh, politics, culture wars, uh, sometimes uh, Planned Parenthood, uh, what, what, the, what the Temple of Satan is doing, what the uh, transgender sisters of perpetual indulgence. Sometimes I read about things that are disturbing. But I, when I read and study, I read out of studiosity. In other words, I, I'm trying to develop the virtue of, of understanding and knowing and being able to warn Catholics about the impending dangers. And so I, I read about things that are, that are proper to my state and life, uh, requisite to my vocation uh, as, a, as, a, as, as somebody who's on a podcast or on radio. Uh, and so because my intellect is consecrated to the truth, uh, I watch what I read. Now, so for example, if I would read the, the Harry Potter books, I think there's eight of them, and I haven't read any of them. But if I did, it wouldn't affect me the least bit. It's not going to shake my faith or rattle my faith because uh, my, my, my intellect is well-formed based on the Word of God and based on the Catholic faith. I live in a state of grace. My will is directed towards Jesus Christ and his holy will. So it wouldn't, it wouldn't phase me at all. For me, it would, just, it would be an exercise in just finding out the errors and the things that are dangerous. Now, the problem is, Kyle, is that many Catholics read these books out of, not studiosity, out of curiosity. They're in mortal sin. They don't have a, a sustained prayer life. They don't live in a state of grace. And we know that curiosity uh, is, is fixed on the creature, not the creator. It, curiosity is fixated on the phenomena of what Harry Potter is saying and the spells and, and, the, and this, that, and the other. It, it's not fixated on the solution. And, and we know that demons can traffic through technology, through books, uh, through anything that we apply to the senses. Uh, and so in my take, I believe that many Catholics that are reading the Harry Potter books, it is impious reading. It's dangerous to their soul because they don't have a well-formed intellect, a well-formed moral conscience, and they don't have an interior life. And so for the average lay person in America, lay Catholic, that lives in objective mortal sin, uh, based on the statistics of, of, of how many people even go to Mass every Sunday... Uh, I would just say that this is impious reading. What do you say what, what I've just said right now? Comments, questions, comments. Well, you're precisely right, Jesse. You're, you're on another, you're on a, this is a many, many multifaceted topic, but this particular topic, impious reading, um, what is the term impious? Um, it means against piety. What is piety? Piety is love of God the Father. And so it's not just love of God the Father. If you love my Father, if you love me, Christ speaking, you will keep my Father's commandments. And so we see that there is a that this is the demonstrative um, level of love that's missing. Also, when you read things 
um, you read them with a properly formed Catholic conscience. One of the real dangers here is that this is targeting an audience with an undeveloped filter, an undeveloped Catholic conscience. Bingo. And so yep. when it when it when it proposes that magic is okay, manipulation is okay, that you can justify the ends with illicit means, these are things that are directly opposed to Catholic faith. And um, in the formation, all of our our obligation is to form the conscience and the intellect uh, of our children and to pass on the faith. And that will be met, that statement will be met with much opposition in the secular world, but it doesn't change that that is our primary objective. Rebellion yeah. visits every household, and it yeah. usually visits the household in adolescence. And when rebellion visits a protestant household, it is, re it is rebellion on top of rebellion. And so even the convert must be aware that this is the last thing to change in, in interior in them is this disposition of ad orientum. Everything truly is focused on the creator and not on the creature. And this literature focuses everything on the creature, how things affect the creature, how the creature can change circumstances, etc. And so this is a this is a significant point to be made uh, in the danger of this literature, as well as all the whole genre of literature, which proposes that things against the natural law are now somehow natural. Um, when a child reads, when a young child reads that marriage is something else bes besides a man and a woman, that things other than women can give birth, that magic is okay, um, all of these things are directly opposed um, to the moral integrity of, of society. And so I think the moral damage is, is the primary issue here, especially with regard to young conscience and young intellects in the process of formation. Yeah, amen. Uh, and once again, I think we've talked about this before, is that curiosity... It led it led Eve uh, to basically the rabbit hole of the diabolical, and it, it does the same today. Curiosity leads a lot of people down that rabbit hole of the diabolic, where people become focused on the witchcraft, the magic, the incantations, the spells. They become enamored with the phenomena, and and this is a way that demons want to draw you in by performing these parlor tricks that you would find in these books, these Harry these eight Harry Potter books, and I think uh, Kyle, what happens. To, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I just don't think the average American, even the average Catholic, doesn't have the proper virtue to read something like that. And, and I think this is disordered curiosity with it, with 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 the phenomenon of the diabolical, which again it come it could become an entry point for diabolic affliction. Am I onto something? Well, you are, Jesse. And now we're back to primary sources. So. When Father discusses something academically, that's one thing, but when he discusses it academically and with experience, and this is Father Amorth, he's backing up what he's saying with experience, um, then this takes it out of the realm of speculation or opinion. Uh, opinion doesn't isn't necessarily based on experience, and so this is the problem, is we're all encouraged to, quote, have an opinion upon something uh, which we're we're ignorant, 
unless really and truly, unless you have encountered the diabolical, you've heard the references to Harry Potter made in solemn session, you've heard the spells, you've heard the diabolical in multiple cases where there's no way the person can know each other, identify various aspects of this literature, then you're dealing with deeply obsessed and possessed people in a rarefied air of solemn session. And until you've heard and seen that, it's going to be difficult for you to give a, an, an experiential answer. The world is full of Google theologians, the people who uh, scour the internet and the social media uh, tag onto a trend and say, here's, here's my opinion on the thing. Um, you can tell these guys have never been hit in the face. Kyle, most people don't realize, and I'm, and, and this is just for purposes of people knowing who you are, you've been involved in the field of healing, deliverance, and exorcism for about two decades, correct? That's correct. You know, uh, and I say this because a lot of us, a lot of people that watch the movie Nefarious, I mean, it's the talk of Catholicism right now. People are talking about, wow, the intelligence, the manipulation the deception, how astute these, by nature, these these fallen angels are, these demons. And people seem to forget that uh, Father Chad Ripperger and others, Father Gabriel Morth and others, they, they what we saw in the movie, they have encountered for years and years as an exorcist, the same thing. They're in the room with, a fall, with fallen angels that are, super intelligent, malevolent, and evil. And they have experience in the ring that none of us will ever have. It would be like, here's the, 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 the analogy, somebody criticizing Father Chad Ripperger, for example. It would be like um, a guy in the backyard, you know, uh, having, a, you know, a slap fighting with his friend and, and, and video recording him slap fighting himself with his next door neighbor or even punching themselves with boxing gloves and, and uh, they record it and put it on YouTube versus somebody who's been in the ring, you know, take somebody like boss Rutan who's been in the ring, an, uh, a UFC legend. And this 10 year old kid that slap fights with boxing gloves in his backyard with his neighbors. And they record themselves on an iPhone and put it on YouTube. He wants to tell boss Rutan how it's done. This is the equivalent of, a lay Catholic who's never been in an exorcism, never been on an exorcism team, has never had an has never interviewed uh, a person who's been possessed through witchcraft, and they're trying to tell a person, or they're trying to correct or modulate or you know a, a person who's been in this in this ring, this boxing ring, so to speak, with demons for almost two decades. I mean, to me, Kyle, there's some hubris involved there. There's some hubris. In other words, I know my place. I'm not going to try to correct a constitutional lawyer who's argued his cases in front of the Supreme Court and he's footnoted on academic papers. I'm not going to try to, you know, correct him on constitutional law. I know my place. A lot of lay Catholics have stepped out of their lane and don't know uh, th that uh, they're basically outside of their league. They're outside of their field of expertise. 
Well, it's true, and and the the problem is is it leads others astray because we we tend to um, one of the the aspects of our fallen human nature is we look for the voice that says that's psychologically compatible that that if I I want to hear that Harry Potter's okay, I'm going to search for that voice, and that's the point we were making a while ago, and and if that voice is out there, even with a false credibility. Um, modernly, that voice is elevated now to a primary source, to an approved author sort of status, and, and that's extremely dangerous. It's extremely um, disingenuous and, and works against charity. Yes. Uh, I, I, hear the, I hear the music. We're going on to a hard break. You're listening to Wednesday War College, Jess Romero, Kyle Clement. We're talking about the... Uh, the Harry Potter book, and we're giving a, a an, an analysis, a balanced analysis, why we believe that nothing but bad fruit comes out of somebody who reads that out of curiosity. We'll be right back. And test. And right here. Right here, right here. And Ah, there, it turned it off. Open Skype. We open Skype now. All right. Okay. Come on. As soon as it's done, oh, text on. me now. Try Wednesday War College, we're back. Jess Romero, Kyle Clement. Kyle, let me ask you a question. Um, you've been involved in this field for 20 years. You've seen the effects of witchcraft. Have you ever seen anybody where the whole Harry Potter books or movies uh, where this has been part of the journey to diabolical affliction. Have you actually seen that in your 20 years of in, being involved in this ministry of exorcism? You know of cases of that? Uh, yes, we have, Jesse. Um, w- would you like me to go through some of those? Yeah, please. I mean, because this is, this is hands-on experience. This is something that 99.99% of Catholics don't know about and have never seen. And you're you're in this UFC cage with Father Chad Ripperger. You've seen this. You've seen what most Catholics will never see in this lifetime. So yeah, have you ever seen Harry Potter uh, uh, as a result of these books and movies? Has it been a causal point for diabolical affliction? Kyle Clement, I'm asking you the question. Yeah, it's it's been a causal point. It's been a secondary point on on many, and so I think that. To um, to look just to kind of quantify it, I've had the opportunity. It was my job uh, with the Leo the Thirteenth Institute to travel and assist new exorcists in their first times in solemn sessions, how to set up their rooms, their teams, etc., and how to go through it. I've had the opportunity over the last twenty years to sit in solemn session with over thirty exorcists uh, around the world, thirty different exorcists around the world. I think it's up to thirty six now at this point. Um, the exorcist that I worked um, most closely with the last 15 years is Father Ripperger. But we continue, uh, my work with him, we continue to consult, to monitor, and to be present to uh, quite a few cases around the world at any given time. This continues to be an issue. One of the things is, is as the um, kids who read Harry Potter, uh, as they're coming into their 30s and 40s, it's having some effects on them um and it very much does affect the psyche the moral formation uh or lack thereof 
um, even in, in good Catholic, quote, good Catholic families. But if you know the characters in the Harry Potter series better than you know the biblical characters, uh, you got a problem. Yeah, um, Kyle, th- this, that, yeah, that's exactly what Father Lampert says. He says the problem is, is that most Catholic kids, they can pop off the names of the characters in Harry Potter books. They've never read the Word of God. He says there's an imbalance there. He says their mind and their intellect is saturated with imagery, curiosity, superstition, divination, magic, and they don't know uh, they don't know the first thing about the, the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and, and some of the basic stories of salvation history. Father Lambert said that's the problem. The young mind, he says, that perverts the young mind at a very young age. He's precisely right, and, and it's just a, it's a universal truth that formation is a product of exposure. We are formed among those things that we expose ourselves to, and the more and longer they were exposed to, the more uh, concrete the formation, the more effect it has. Um, This is just a simple universal principle. And what we find in these is that, first of all, is to understand we differentiate between oppression, obsession, and possession. And these are varying levels of diabolical activity. But Harry Potter and this whole genre plays a big part in simple oppression, because what happens is, is if I'm going through a tough time, if I'm having difficulty, uh, my husband or my wife is we're fighting or we're having some some kind of difficulty. Instead of turning to the priest, instead of turning to wise counsel, I immediately begin to think there ought to be a spell for this. I ought to be able to affect their behavior. I ought to be able to. uh, And so the first response is not prayer and counsel, the first response is casting a spell and manipulation. That's at the oppression level. In the obsession level, um, hexes and spells are, witchcraft is designed to affect someone's judgment in a period uh, of decision-making. This is specifically a spell, is so that when they have an opportunity to turn toward God or away from God, the spell ensures that they turn away from God, that they do something or something happens to them um, that distances them from the grace of the sacrament. And so in obsession, this is where you get some overlay, um, especially a person who has control issues or security issues. They're insecure. They've been uh, rejected. They immediately begin to draw on their Potter experience on how can I get even? How can I get vengeance? How can I be an instrument of justice? And this is certainly counter to uh, the Catholic faith. And so then one becomes obsessed with all that is wrong with the world. Um, And so that gives you an example. Then once somebody starts actually casting the spells and resorting to the dark arts and even saying, I'll do anything to get my way in this or or for this certain thing to happen, now the psychological compatibility that started by reading the novels, that um, finding fault with God, thinking that they have to do uh, to, to be the instrument of justice and manipulate and bring about an, uh, a perceived good. Now that psychological compatibility, once they start casting the spell, now there is a relationship that is developed between the demon and the human that will lead to possession. We've had multiple cases of women religious possessed through um, casting Harry Potter type spells. 
Uh, the manifestations are consistent no matter where in the country it happens. The patterns are consistent enough that we know that, um, you know, this is a real thing. We've also had some cases. Um, we had one priest who was possessed, a, a young priest who was possessed and, and got into an issue with his um, with his bishop. And he convinced himself that that he needed to be casting spells against his bishop. And so these things, this is a real thing. It's not discussed uh, Kyle, maybe so much. In, Kyle, I, can, uh, I can tell you this. This is a huge problem in the Hispanic community. Okay. <laughs> my last name is Romero. I've grown up with this all my life. It is so common amongst Hispanic Catholics that get mad at each other and they start using recourse to curses and hexes. And these are Catholics that are doing this. Again, they didn't learn this from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. They didn't learn this from reading uh, St. Thomas Aquinas or St. Alphonsus Liguori. They're reading this from impious literature. This is where they're, cop they're emulating these practices. So what you're saying, I have seen as... A Southern California Hispanic Catholic growing up all my life in the barrio. This is the way Hispanic Catholics go after each other. Hexes, curses, and spells. And this was not taught to them by the Catholic Church. That's correct. You're absolutely right. And then you'll hear things like, well, this is cultural. Culture does not excuse sinful or rude behavior. I think we're seeing this played out on a national scale right now. Um, what we're seeing played out is there's emotional appeal. There is phenomenology. All of these things are being used to control, and they're being used to control the populace. So we're under a spell. We're under the spell of racism. We're under the spell <laughs> of extraterrestrial beings we're under the oh, yeah. spell these are spells because yeah, yeah, they I, affect I agree. our ability to make judgment <sighs> you're absolutely right kyle by the way there's a uh, just for for those listening if you want to read a good article that basically summarizing a lot of what we're saying right here there's a good article written by uh michael o'brien it was uh it was put out by uh uh, Fides et Traditio Press. Fides et Traditio Press. The article's called Harry Potter and the Paganization of Culture. I'll say it again. The article by Michael O'Brien is called Harry Potter and the Paganization of Culture. As I'm listening to Kyle, uh, it also appeared in The Wander. You could also get it from The Wander. As I'm listening to Kyle right now, I'm saying, wow, this guy Michael O'Brien and Kyle Clements sound exactly alike, except that Kyle has actually been... You know, it goes over some people's heads. Kyle, when you say, well, in session, most people don't know what you're talking about. They're saying, what are you, is it a gym session? Is it a, is it a, uh, you know, uh, you know, gym, gymnastics session? Is it a, 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 a weightlifting session? What are you talking about? When Kyle says in session, that means that Kyle Clement has been in the room as a lay person assisting an exorcist, an exorcist who's driving out a demon using the rite of exorcism. Guess what? What Kyle Clement is seeing with his eyeballs, he can't unsee anymore. And so those people that have never seen this 
Of course they're not going to be able to wrap their mind around it. How could a book, how could an innocuous, harmless book like this, you know, be, be the catalyst for a person to end up becoming diabolically afflicted? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, it would be like somebody trying to argue with me about being a street cop. You haven't been there in a black and white like I have at nighttime in East L.A. and South Central L.A. with a gun in your belt dealing with some of the worst people in society. There are some things that I've seen that, that I can't even describe to you. Kyle Clement has seen this witchcraft, the Harry Potter, this being as, as, a, as, as, as a causal point of, of a person becoming diabolically afflicted. And again... Who, who am I to even argue what somebody has actually seen with their own eyeballs? Kyle, comments? Well, you're, you're right, Jesse. I mean, it's, it's what we see. It's what we hear over the years from different sources. These people can't have talked to each other. But the demons are extremely predictable. They're extremely patterned. And, and you hear a lot of people say, well, yeah, they're lying. Um, there is a, there's a difference in a false statement made uh, to deceive and and a statement that is made under penalty of holy scourges, uh, under penalty by the exorcist, when a demon is in a position of acquiescence and and command. Um, They do not have the autonomy that people think they do. Also, the truth has a signature to it, meaning you know this from being a, a police officer, if you stop a gang and you separate those guys, there's five of them. You separate them. You Hold that thought, Kyle. Them. Hold that thought, there's... my friend. We'll be right. Wednesday War College, just from Miracle Clement. Hold that thought. We'll be right back. Wednesday, War College, Jess Romero, Kyle Clement. Again, get the article. It's called Harry Potter and the Paganization of Culture by Michael O'Brien. Uh, Kyle, you know, when, uh, when you look at the Harry Potter books and even just other type of fantasy books that, uh, that are being promoted today in our culture of death, I think the problem with letting our children uh, play with these type of things before they have a f- properly formed Catholic conscience is that I think, number one, it opens them to being curious about the world of the occult. I think it could desensitize them to evil and occult practices. I think it also plays on the innate fears of children, uh, you know, that they, the feelings of that they feel, you know, powerless uh, or, or they can be empowered by embracing this dark magic against, uh, their, 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 against bullies out there. And I also know that when a child is most open to following God and learning about the faiths, maybe preparing for first Holy Communion or confirmation, and you allow this, you allow the Harry Potter and all these other books like this to fill the void of their curiosity or, or their, or their longing for the supernatural. I think what it does, it displaces the spiritual longing and, and that desire of a child especially at an age when vocations, uh, when, when God may be preparing them for a vocation, I think this could be sidetracked by occult literature. I mean, I, I can only imagine St. Therese, you know, reading these books in her day and age. Uh, and uh, I don't know if she, w- she would have entered the convent. 
I'm, I think our culture has gotten away from a Catholic ethos. And to be a Catholic family, it's, it's to be countercultural. If, if the world says you've got to read Harry Potter, you want to be a cool American, guess what? Be countercultural. And I think ultimately, Kyle, is we as Catholics, we've lost the ability to understand the clean from the unclean. Oh, it's very well said. I'll just ask you, Jesse, um, do you think Therese's parents would have let her read it? <laughs> uh, emphatically, no. I won't say the other word I wanted to say. Uh, not, not a chance. Not in well, a million years. Well, we know precisely. Uh, they, these were saints raising saints. And so what happens is a, a couple of things layered here. One is that we've lost the ability to parent. We've lost the ability to father and to mother, especially to father. Because now tying back to what you said, the man's primary obligation is to tell clean from unclean. He is the priest of his domestic church. And in a Levitical sense, his primary obligation is to tell clean from unclean. What comes into the house, what goes out of the house, both must be clean. He is the arbiter of modesty in his young and in his daughters. He is the the arbiter um, of nobility and honor among his sons. He it it falls on the father, and priests do not get a pass because modernly priests are not taught to father. They're taught to quote accompany. A shepherd does not accompany sheep. A shepherd leads sheep. This is dominion, and this is where ultimately the breakdown is, because what happens is parents want to argue, uh, well, at least they're reading. It is better for them to be illiterate than to read this, these things that pollute their mind. Um, there is no necessity for literacy. Salvation does not require literacy. Salvation yeah. does, it requires holiness. Yeah. Kyle, you know, prior to... Prior to the to Vatican II, prior to 1965, you you can see in in the in the in the manuals of moral theology, you can see that impious books were were, were the church spoke against it. Let me d- uh, define impious according to dictionary.com. It says not showing respect or reverence, especially for God. Uh, that uh, uh, impious, a synonym of impious, godless, immoral unholy, sacrilegious, profane, blasphemous, and righteous. Okay. My moral theology book from 1961, put out by Tan, by Father Heribort Joan. It says on paragraph 401 about impious books, it says this. Books forbidden by the common law of the church are books which teach or approve of superstition, fortune-telling, divination, magic, spiritism, and other such practices. Uh, Paragraph 400. A forbidden book is one in which, without the due permission, may not be read, published, retained, sold, translated, or in any manner whatsoever communicated to others. Paragraph 238. It is a mortal sin to read bad books, even though they're not entirely immoral. Such literature may be read, however, in order to acquire the necessary knowledge. That would be what we would call studiosity. You also have the unimpeachable doctor of the church, St. Alphonsus of Liguori, who says, quote, one bad book 
is enough to destroy an entire convent of holy nuns. Close quote. St. Alphonsus of Liguori, who is a doctor of moral theology. Uh, he's got a whole section on bad books. The reading of spiritual books is as profitable as the reading of bad books is noxious. Uh, but I say, especially for nuns, nothing is more pernicious than the reading of bad books. And by bad books, I'm, I mean not only... I mean, not only those that are condemned by the Holy See, either because they contain heresy or treat subjects opposed to chastity, but also all the books that treat of worldly love. What fervor can a religious have if she reads romances, comedy, comedies, or profane poetry? And he goes on and on. Uh, the, the, and you also have St. Pius X. He gave an apostolic exhortation about reading bad books as well. Uh, it, 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 he says... In our own day, it is, alas, it is contrary, that happens all too frequently, members of the clergy allow their minds to be overcome gradually by the darkness of doubt and turn aside to worldly pursuits. The chief reason for this is that they prefer to read a variety of other works and newspapers which are full of cunningly propounded errors and corruption rather than the divine books and other pious literature. And he goes on and on. The, uh, St. John Vianney, we must watch over our mind, our hearts, our senses, for these are the gates by which the devil enters in. I, I think that the case that, that Harry Potter's books, it's not going to lead you to a life of virtue. You're not going to pursue, oh, I want to be, I just read eight Harry Potter books. I want to be holy. I want to be an uber Catholic. I want to go to holy hour, you know, once a week, daily mass. I'm going to do the daily rosary. It's not going to push you in that direction. That's my argument. Well, I, I think you're exactly right. And again, we're formed by what we take in. Um, this is by no means uh, the only show we'll do on this or the time that we touch this because it's such an important topic. Yeah, yeah. One of the, the primary principles of diabolical affliction is there must be psychological compatibility between the fallen angel and the fallen human. Is that a desire for vengeance? Is it a desire to bring about a particular end uh, with illicit means? Whatever that may be, that forms the basis of the relationship between the demon and the human. That's not speculative. That's not an opinion. That's 20-plus years compounded on top of Father Ripperger would tell you the same thing. He is the only exorcist, and we are the only program that, that pushes this understanding of psychological compatibility and the understanding that all diabolical affliction is based upon a relationship and that relationship is one of psychological compatibility commonality of sin moral depravity fill in the blank the last thing that i really want to stress here and i do would like to come back to this again because of it's course very important to understand next wednesday this. next wednesday and Harry Oh, very good. So Harry Potter's just one of the one of the ice cream flavors in the case. It's just one of many. Um, but one of the points I'd like to make with regard to Potter is you'll hear this quote over and over again. Prior to 1960, there was a base level of virtue and understanding of impious literature of what it was, the decorum requisite with being a Catholic. And we've lost it. And one of the reasons, one of the ways that we've lost it is prior to 1960, the disposition was if it is not prescribed, it is prohibited. Mm. Meaning you pray the black, you 
pray the black, you do the red, you only do what you're told to do, nothing more. Post-1960, the societal shift is, if it's not prohibited, it is permissible. Mm. And that is the basis of everyone arguing for Harry Potter. Show me where it says, well, you're not going to be shown that. You have to have the moral compass and the fortitude to know this is not good for me and it's not good for my children. Plus the fact that you have all the primary sources, voices like Father Amor, Father Ripperger, they're not offering opinion. They're telling you this is what we see. What happens when it comes out that there is a link between cancer, between smoking and cancer? It's there's, no longer clear. It's no longer, it's no longer conspiracy theory. <laughs> Correct. You're precisely right. And that's what we're dealing with here. And so what happens is we've got a lot of voices in the modern church, which are modern and relativist voices. We've got a lot of Protestant voices um, who, even though they may be converts, they still bring a Protestant disposition and decorum to these issues. And, you know, these are not these are not Catholic, proper Catholic responses. And the reason that I'm on this small soapbox is this gives license for people to develop relationships, psychological compatibilities with the diabolical. And this is one of the reasons that obsession and is, is so high right now. We're having fewer possessions, but many more obsessions where people are finding a voice that will affirm their deviancy, will affirm their own spin, if you will, on Catholicism, their own Google theology, and this is extremely dangerous to the integrity of our faith. Amen. Well said, Kyle. We're going to pick pick up on this uh, next week as well. This is a big topic, and uh, and and uh, we need to again uh, talk about it uh, and and uh, and do a deep dive. You know what I see? Our society we're like the proverbial frog, slowly boiling in water. We uh, we we keep on seeding ground to secular humanism, to the culture of death. And and we be, we're giving the demon more and more permission. Uh, that's okay. You know, fornication, yeah, that's okay. All right, it's okay. Uh, the, the pill, uh, okay, that's okay. Uh, abortion, uh, okay, that's okay. Homosexual marriage, uh, okay, that's okay. We're seeding ground. This is the proverbial frog. And as Catholics, we got to hold the line because what this is, the Harry Potter series... It pushes what 1 Corinthians 3.19 says, the wisdom of the world, which is foolishness to God. This is the wisdom of the world. See you next time. God bless you. Keep the faith.